Good morning to everyone. A good spring morning to everyone. We're about to begin our Srimad Bhagavatam discourse. I invite you all to join us by, if you have available, your copy of the Srimad Bhagavatam Canto 1, and we're in chapter 6, and we'll today be reciting text number 24 and having a discussion on it. So 1, 6, 24. Or you can bring it up on uh, database dot something or other. Dot org, I guess. Rupanuga Das with you, and I'm very happy to be here with you. Those of you who are listening in online by radio or telephone, we also are pleased that you have chosen to join us. And those of you who will listen to the class sometime afterward, because you're getting ready to go to work or getting kids ready to go to school right now, uh, we appreciate the fact that you will take the time to listen in to some philosophy, get your day started off with some philosophy, or end your day with some philosophy if you happen to be listening to, to the archived version. If you have any questions about how to get to the archived versions of the classes that are given here in the temple room, uh, you can you can ask someone who knows. It's probably the best way to do it instead of trying to explain it to you right now. So we will begin with the invocation to the Supreme Lord, singing Jaya Radha Madhava. Join in with me, if you will, please even if you're outside the temple area. Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Jai Gopi Janavava Girivaradhari Jai Gopi Janavava Girivaradhari Jashura Nandana Bajajana Ranjana Jashura Nandana Bajajana Ranjana Jashura Nandana Bajajana Ranjana Yamuna Tira Banachari Yamuna Tira Banachari Jaya Radha Madhava Punjabi Hari 
Vishnipad Paramahamsa Paribhidaka Charja Hasto Tarasata Sri Srimada's Divine Loving Grace Avaya Charanada Vinda Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharashila Prabhupada Ki Jayom Vishnupad Paramahamsa Paribhidaka Charja Hasto Tarasata Sri Srimada's Divine Loving Grace Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Gosami Maharashila Prabhupada Ki Ananta Koti Vaishnavindaki, Iskan BBT founder Charja Srila Prabhupada Ki, Iskan Guru Parampara Ki, Nama Charja Srila Haridas Thakur Ki, Premziko Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda, Sir Vaitagadhar Sri Vasari Gorabhakti Rindaki, Sri Sri Radha Krishna Gopa Gopinad Shamakun Radakund Girigavadan Ki, Shri Vrindavadam ki, Shri Maturadam ki, Shri Mayapunabhadvita dam ki, Shri Jagannathpuri dam ki, Shri Shri Radha Kalachandidam ki, Ganga Devi ki, Jamunamai ki, Tutsi Devi ki, Bhakti Devi ki, Samaveda Bhakti Vrinda ki, Brihat Badanga, Transcendental Book and Prasadam Distribution ki, Nitai Gora Premananda, Hari Hari Bo. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories, all glories, all glories to Sri Guru and Sri Goranga. Namon Vishnipadaya, Vishnipastai Bhutale, Shimati Bhakti Vedanta Swaminiti Namane. Namaste Saraswati Devi Gorbani Pachani Nidvishesha Shinivari Pashakti Deshitani. Once again, we're reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam this morning, Canto 1, Chapter 6, Text Number 24. And since we don't have a board up in the temple room with the verse written on it, I'll just recite the verse, and if you have your phone tuned in to vedabase.com then you can also recite text number 24 uh, we go word for word at the beginning matir mai nibadeyan nibadeyam na vipadieta karhichit Praja, Sarga, Nirodhe, P, Smritis, Cha, Mad, Anugrahat. And now we'll say it in poetry. Matir Mayini Badheyam. Of course, now you don't have it on the board, so maybe I should just uh, recite it. Entirely. Navipadieta karhichit praja sarga nirodhepi smritis cha mad anugrahat. 
Once again, Matir Mai Nihadeyam Navipadyeta Karhichit Praja Sargani Rodhepi Smritischa Madanugrahat And word for word translations Mati You can repeat Intelligence Mai Devoted to me Nibadha Engaged Iyam This Na Never Vipadyeta Separate Karhichit At any time Praja Living beings Sarga At the time of creation Nirodha Nirodhe Also at the time of annihilation Api Even Smriti Remembrance Cha And Mat Mine Anugrahat By the mercy of Translation and purport by His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj Srila Prabhupada Ki Intelligence engaged in my devotion cannot be thwarted at any time, even at the time of creation as well as at the time of annihilation. Your remembrance will continue by my mercy. And this is Lord Krishna, Lord Vishnu, speaking to a very young boy by the name of Narda. Narada has seen the Lord, but then that, that vision of the Lord went away, and now he is in distress because he can no longer see the beautiful form of the Lord. So the Lord is trying to encourage him. And the purport by Srila Prabhupada, devotional service rendered to the personality of Godhead never goes in vain. Since the personality of Godhead is eternal, Intelligence applied in his service or anything done in his relation is also permanent. In the Bhagavad Gita, it is said that such transcendental service rendered unto the personality of Godhead accumulates birth after birth. And when the devotee is fully matured, the total service counted together makes him eligible to enter into the association of the personality of Godhead. Such accumulation of God's service is never vanquished, but increases till fully matured. Omagyana timirandasya gyananjana salakaya chakshuran militam jaina tasmai shri gurave namaha Sri Chaitanya Manobishtam Sapitam Jaina Bhutale Swayam Rupahakadamaya Dharati Swabarantikam Vandeham Sri Guru Sri Dutta Padakamalam Sri Gurun Vaishnavamscha Sri Rupam Sagajatam Sahagana Raghunatan Vitam Tam Sajivam Savadvaitam Savaduttam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padam Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakan Vitamscha 
Hey Krishna Karanasundo Dinabando Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Taptakan Chanagorangi Radhe Brindamaneshwari Rishabanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Vanchakalpa Tarubhyascha Kripa Sindhubhye Vacha Patitanam Bhavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namah Jai Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhunityananda Sri Advaita Gadadhara Shiva Sadigora Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Nama Om Vishnu Badaya Krishna Pristaya Bhutale Srimate Tamar Krishna Gosamaniti Namane So our text once again, intelligence engaged in my devotion cannot be thwarted at any time, even at the time of creation, as well as at the time of annihilation, your remembrance will continue by my mercy. Hare Krishna. Good morning. So I, I would like to focus on this, uh, this term that is used here, uh, intelligence. Because that's a really, really important aspect of not only our material makeup, but also our spiritual makeup. <clears throat> so, uh, today we'll be talking about using the intelligence to overcome the mind and the senses. And I would like to begin with an example of the use of intelligence, one's intelligence. Uh, and that was the occasion of the beginning of the battle of Kurukshetra in which Krishna is the chariot driver of uh, Sri Arjuna. And Arjuna asks Krishna before the battle begins to please pull my chariot over, guide my chariot over to the, uh, the, the, the space between the two armies so that I can see who it is that we're uh, going to do battle with. And so Krishna does that. And then Arjuna, looking over uh, the opposing side and looking over, I guess, his own armies, um, he became very morose to the point that he let the Gandiva bow slip from his hands. And um, he uh, decided at that time that he would not fight. He said, Krishna, I shall not fight. And the reasons that he gave, there were several. First was that this is going to cause the death of my friends and relatives. And among those persons whom I'm seeing on the opposing side are my mentors, my grandfather Bhishma, my martial preceptor Dronacharya, and many, many others, and even the ones who were inimical to him, the sons of Dhritarashtra were were imposed on the other side, ready to begin battle. So Arjuna said that uh, why should why should I kill all these people? Because uh, we're doing so to win back the kingdom that has been stolen from my elder brother Yudhisthira, and uh, and it was done so unfairly. 
So uh, that means then we have to go to war in order to reclaim our place on the planet. Because the eldest son of Dhritarashtra, you know, you remember Duryodhan, he was not willing to share any part of the surface of the earth with the five Pandavas, uh, of whom Yudhisthira was the principal, and he was also the one who was in line to become the emperor of the entire world. So Arjuna is his younger brother, and he's he's also a, 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 the most amazing bowman, he, a use of the bow and arrow on the planet. So he is lamenting the fact that uh, that he will have to be the cause of the death of all of these friends and relatives and 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 superiors, those who were superior to him. And even if he even if he fought and was successful in killing all of those who were inimical to him and opposed to the rulership of his elder brother Eudistere, uh even though he had had he was in that position, uh, he realized that even if we're successful, uh, we will have no one left with whom to enjoy the kingdom that we shall win. So why should why should I kill them? And then he went on to say further, and, and he used very good logic in talking with Krishna about why he was refusing to fight. He said that if we kill all of the men in the kingdom, all of these warriors, there will be no one left to protect the women from the unscrupulous persons that would come around wanting to bother the women. And eventually, because of having no protection, they would they would give birth to unwanted progeny or unwanted children. And unwanted children then would cause havoc in the kingdom, in the dynasty. So he was saying, these are the reasons that I think it would be better for me just to uh, walk away from the battlefield and go to the forest and, and make my livelihood simply by begging, by asking for alms from other people. But Krishna had to, had to respond to that. Uh, because Arjuna was in such a quandary that he was forgetting the fact that he was a warrior. And his duty was to fight, to protect innocent people. And to keep, keep the, uh, the illegitimate rulers from continuing to cause havoc throughout the planet. So, uh, Krishna started out by telling Arjuna, this is the beginning of chapter 2 in the Bhagavad Gita, uh, telling Arjuna that, uh, you know, my friend Arjuna, it seems that you're using very good logic. Um, And what you're saying makes a lot of sense. um, That if, if we kill all the men, there'll be no one to enjoy the kingdom with. There'll be no one to protect the women. What is the use of of committing such atrocities just to gain back a kingdom that has been taken away from us. This is very much akin to greed, you're saying. But then uh, Krishna says that, you know, look, you're, you know, even though what you're saying makes a lot of sense, you're really speaking like a fool because uh, you don't know what my desire is. 
that everything that is going to happen on the battlefield today is in accordance with my desire. And as far as I'm concerned, all of your opposing forces are going to be killed anyhow. So it's just up to someone to take the glory for performing the service of, of taking these persons off the planet. And then he goes on to tell him further that these material bodies that you're looking at are temporary. He said, many births have you and I both known, and, and, and so is true with all of these kings who are assembled here on the battlefield to fight, all these warriors that are ready to fight. He said, and I can remember all of those births, but you cannot. And so he said that uh, it, it, is not, it is not really uh, your choice to make whether this battle will take place. Because by my will, it is going to take place. In other words, he's appealing to Arjuna's intelligence. And that's, that's what he is also uh, saying here in this text that we read today to Narada Muni. Narada, the young boy who happens to be sitting on... being run by uh, the sons of Dhritarashtra, who are very, uh, they're not nice people. They, they cause a lot of difficulty in the kingdom. And furthermore, they have deprived you and your four brothers of the, oper- of the right to rule the kingdom. So use your intelligence, Arjuna, and remember that these bodies are all temporary. And furthermore, you're you're not going to be able to find happiness in the in this material world, and if you do find what looks to be like a little bit of happiness, it's simply temporary, and it's not going to be with you for very long. So you're unable to find happiness in this material world as long as you're embodied in these in these material bodies that we have, and so therefore. Uh, you might as well perform your duty and fight. Because if you walk away from the battlefield, people are not going to think, oh, Arjuna's such a nice person. He, he really does, he's so compassionate. He won't even kill those persons who have tried to kill him and his brothers. They're not going to say that, Krishna tells him. He says, they, they, they're going to say that you're, that you're a coward. And that's the reason you're walking away from the battlefield. You're afraid of getting killed or getting hurt. And you're, you don't want to be defeated. So therefore, he's, he, you're walking away. That's what people are going to say about you, Arjuna. So use your better intelligence now, as I have instructed you. And, and then Krishna goes on to speak the entire Bhagavad Gita in a, in a, over a period of maybe 45 minutes, I think it is said. And in that time, then, Arjuna does come to his senses, as we say. Well, it's actually, he listens to his higher intelligence as it's being instructed. So, we find ourselves today, in this world, uh, misusing our own intelligence. We're always trying to find ways to help, help our mind satisfy our senses, because you know there's a hierarchy. There's the senses, and above the senses, there's the mind. And the job of the mind is to find ways to satisfy the senses. Senses are making demands. I want something nice to eat or drink. I want something beautiful to look at. I want something nice to hear. I'd like something soft and pleasant to touch. And, and so it goes on like that. 
So uh, uh, that's the job of the mind. The mind, you know, if you're hungry, the mind says, "Oh, look, look over here. Here's a, here's a machine. You can you can get you, yourself a nice a little uh, something to eat, or you, here's something you can get you can get a, a drink from. It'll satisfy your appetite." And we know from using our intelligence that the kinds of things that you get out of machines are highly processed and there's very little nutritional value. And sometimes they're even detrimental to your health with all the sugar and the salt and the caffeine and other things that are put in those things, artificial colorings and flavorings. And so we can use our mind, our minds to find something to satisfy our sense of taste, for example, uh, but with our intelligence, if it's really keen, it's going to be telling us, "Hey, look, man, you know you're going to you're waste a, you're going to waste a dollar, dollar and a half on a soda. It's going to be it's got 275 calories in it, which is practically a fourth of what you would eat in a meal. It's not good for you." But nonetheless, you know the mind is saying, "Oh, well, I don't really drink that many." Sodas, and I gotta have something. I'm starving and I'm thirsty, you know. So, uh, they, they, it takes a really strong intelligence then to offset the pushings of the mind and the senses, doesn't it? And it, uh, they, and the mind is always making plans, or I should say the intelligence is making plans. Not only does it give in once in a while to the mind and just go ahead and have something that is not going to be necessarily good, but the intelligence, we're always trying to make plans for more and more sense enjoyment. We don't want the sense enjoyment to stop because we think that's what makes us happy. And it does, doesn't it, for a short time. And then all of a sudden, you know, we, we find out that we have, happen to have a case of diabetes or we have some other illness that comes about. And, of course, we don't want to admit that it could be all the stuff that we've been putting in our mouths ever since we were young kids. So uh, then the intelligent, we use our intelligence to go to, go to school, go either to a trade school or, or get, a, get an apprenticeship and, and start making some money. And then uh, uh, we we can think of more and more ways. You know, as the money begins to come in and as we actually have more than is required for living on, just getting by, we start thinking of ways to spend that money to make our pleasure even greater and to last even longer. So more and more sense enjoyment. There, There's also the use of the intelligence for defending oneself and one's family. Uh, even in our devotional community here, of course, the, <clears throat> some of us uh, some of us like like to like to use guns. He likes like to carry guns. I, I do myself. I have a license to carry, as, as do several other members of our community. So we can defend ourselves and our families until the, until the police finally arrive, if they do arrive. <clears throat> and so uh, that's it takes intelligence then to be able to make those purchases, purchase a nice house, purchase automobiles and things like that. It takes a certain amount of intelligence to, to start accumulating those things that we think will make us happy. And, and uh, as far as defending ourselves, it's concerned sometimes <clears throat> that, you know, our kids will get into problems with other members of the community. And our tendency is to jump in there and take the side of our kids, isn't it? I've had five kids raised in this community. I know how it is. 
And occasionally, you know, an older person maybe will get on to the kids for doing something they're not supposed to be doing, and the kids will home, come home, you know, moaning and groaning and crying because somebody got got heavy on their case. <clears throat> and so we'll start thinking of ways that we can justify our kids' behavior. And we also feel that we can justify our own act of taking some action against that person or those persons who have caused my kids to suffer, and therefore it's causing me to suffer because I had to watch my kids suffer. Nobody likes to watch his kids suffer, do they? Or their spouse don't like to watch his spouse suffer. And so we use that intelligence then, uh, and it becomes very keen at that time, doesn't it? When we're defending ourselves against the onslaught of somebody else's intelligence and ego, perhaps, or if, if even a, a person who is an authority in the community. Sometimes our, our temple president might say something that, that makes us feel really bad, or sometimes a person on the temple council might, you know, get on our case about something we've done, or might get on to our kids' case, or, you know, there, there's always some kinds of, some kind of interaction with other people. Living in any kind of community, be it devotional or be it strictly material, uh, there's going to be some interaction with other people that causes us to feel better and feel feel as though we're under attack. So we got our intelligence there to help defend us, and we try to prove ourselves right, don't we? And in all of our encounters, you know, we take a position, and by golly, that's the position we're going to stand by. I've made my decision, and I'm going to stand by it. And regardless of, of how good someone else presents to us the fact that, you know, we really could be wrong in this instance. We could, we could have acted in another way or we could, we, we could, we could present ourselves in such a way that would be less confrontational to someone else. In other words, we can help to quieten down the, the sound of, 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 uh, of of uh, argument and anguish that are being presented to us by another person. If we can do that with with good intelligence. So the, this is a, this is actually a, some misuses of the intelligence that I'm mentioning now. Um, and we we uh, we prepare ourselves over a lifetime, you know, decade after decade, our our intelligence can become stronger and stronger. Uh, for all the wrong reasons. And so we can retrain our intelligence so that it doesn't become the cause of our increased suffering and our, our, our increased um, um, uh, antagonism within the society in which we live. One way to do that that is, that is always recommended to us is simply reading transcendental literature. You say, well, Rupa Nukadas, that's, 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 that sounds like a very easy thing to do, but how is that going to help me, uh, when somebody attacks me or my, one member of my family with words or even with actions? Uh, what's it going to do to having, to have read uh, transcendental literature, that which has been written by Srila Prabhupada or by those coming in the wake of Srila Prabhupada. But we, we have heard more than once, and we've read, if we've done some reading, we've read more than once that simply by reading the transcendental literature, the Srimad Bhagavatam, 
we can gain liberation from this material world simply by reading that literature and the other literatures as well. Chaitanya Charitamrita, the Bhakti, uh, Bhagavad Gita, the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, a nectar of devotion. Uh, by reading these literatures, that's one way to increase the strength of our intelligence so that when we, when it's necessary for us to depend on a very good, strong intelligence, it will be there for us. Uh, another way that we can, we can add some strength is to, uh, keep ourselves, to find opportunities to be in the company of advanced devotees. Because there we will hopefully find, uh, not only the words that we need to hear, but we will also see the example of how persons who are advanced in spiritual life react to difficult situations themselves. When they, when we see them encountering someone that is giving them a hard time about something that they have, they've already suffered for, or, or that they, they have not yet suffered for, uh, when we see how a really advanced personality conducts himself in the presence of such uh, a, a situation that tends to be inflammatory, uh, then we also can learn from that and think, wow, this person acted humble. If it were me, I would have blasted that person who came down on me so heavy for something that I didn't really do. Or if I did it, I wasn't really intending to cause any harm. <clears throat> So we, uh, then we can avoid making some decisions then also without consulting our higher authority. Whenever we're faced with the, the difficulty of making some decision about what to do in our lives. And a lot of times we are. We have to make those decisions all the time. Every day, as a matter of fact, we're making some kind of decision what to do in our lives. So if we, Consult with higher authorities, then we find, we can find that our path becomes a lot clearer to us. And we don't stumble so much on this path of spirit, trying to make some spiritual advancement. And for my wife and, and me, uh, uh, for us, uh, our higher authorities, you know, all we have to do is look around us in the community a little bit. Uh, sometimes I find myself sending a text message to Nityananda Prabhu or to Maturanath Prabhu or to someone else. And, and uh, someone who is senior to me, uh, not only in, in the years of devotion service, but they're, they're senior in the devotional, ad, I should say, the advancement they've made in spiritual life. They're spiritually more advanced than I. And my wife does the same thing. Uh, when she'll come to me asking about, you know, is it proper to offer this kind of food to the Lord on our altar at home? And I say, well, I don't know. Why don't you call Mother Manjali? Why don't you call Mother Chandavali? Why don't you? And I'll make two or three suggestions. And so she'll find out. I, an example of that, since this is Ikadashi, by the way, today is Ekadasi. Today is Ekadasi. And so this is the time for uh, abstaining from, from uh, eating uh, uh, grains and, and what else? Beans. Beans, beans, or peas, and grains, yes. 
this is the day that we normally will refrain from that. But uh, occasionally I have grandkids around my house. And so my wife, you know, is accustomed to making some buttered bread or something like that to give them for a snack or, to, you know, feeding them some pasta or something that they will eat. It's sometimes really hard to find things that kids will eat, you know. And so I said, well, this is a courtesy, though, Jayati. You should, uh, maybe you should give a call to Mother Manjuali and see what she says about that. And so she did. And when she came back, uh, she, she instructed, she was given instructions that were somewhat different from what I really expected. In other words, she said, no, for children, you have to give them grains on the cottage. You can't expect kids to. Now, some people have got their kids down, you know, regimented such that, um, they, they can, uh, uh, feed them uh, other kinds of things on a kadasi instead of grains or beans. They can feed them uh, other things, and the kids seem to be well, you know, well uh, uh, happy with that, very, very well pleased to eat that. But uh, so anyhow, I, I instead of depending on my own intelligence, which would have made me think. No, we can't give any grains at all to the kids, grains or beans, because we're not supposed to eat those things on the Kadashi. So I had to depend on a higher authority. And in this case, uh, that higher authority said, no, for for little kids, you, you do not have to make them follow a Kadashi. That's just, just one example of the kinds of things you run into in the devotional community. We're talking about making our intelligence stronger and we talked about reading transcendental literatures, uh, being an advanced uh, association, uh, making decisions by cons- consulting with higher authorities. And then, of course, we can always uh, take the humble position whenever our intelligence is, is challenged. And that is one of the hardest things that I have found to do in the devotional community is simply to back away from the position that I'm championing and just take the humble position and say, all right, Prabhu, if you say this is what you say that I should be doing, I accept it. I'm going to do that. And so then we we learn the error uh, in a devotional community of supporting our false ego. And what is that false ego? You know, it was a hard thing for me to come to understand. What is a false ego? Looks like an ego is an ego. And according to what we've been instructed, I understand that the ego is the uh, uh, identifying yourself with this material body and with this material situation in which we find ourselves. That identification, that false identification, not recognizing ourselves as pure spirit souls, but rather thinking I am this body because I'm receiving all my input from my environment through my senses. But that is not uh, very helpful if you happen to be a quadriplegic. Is it? You want your hands to move and do a certain thing, and they won't. They won't do it. Just like with us, you know, I can I can open and close my fingers as I'm showing right now, uh, just because I want to. Uh, but when a person has some uh, has some paralysis in the body, uh, then regardless of how much he wants his arms and legs to do certain things, 
They simply refuse to do it. It's as though he's he, he is not the arms, he is not the legs, and and so at that point in time, that that's a very difficult kind of situation to be in. I had a, had a friend many years ago who was working with me up in Tennessee, and and he and some his brother and some other people bought a piece of land up in Iowa, close to the Mississippi River. And they were, uh, they went out swimming in a gravel pit. And, you know, sometimes the gravel pits fill up with water and they make very nice swimming holes. And so they were about to leave and, uh, my, my friend, uh, he, he had a doctorate in nuclear engineering at that time, I think, PhD. He was working with the same organization I was, the Tennessee Valley Authority, which is a big power producing company owned by the government in the state of Tennessee. And anyhow, this friend of mine went out and so before they left to go go to go back to their house, uh he took another dive and and when he did, he struck the bottom of the gravel pit with his head. And he came up and he survived, but he was became a quadriplegic. Uh so th- this is one of those things that helps you to realize that this this false ego means identifying with the body and whenever you do sometimes you're going to find out that the body won't do what you want it to do even though you have the desire to do it it won't do it so uh that's one of the problems with uh having an intelligence that is not trained properly uh, we think of ourselves as the body, the senses, the mind, and even we identify with our intelligence. So uh, we've been advised then that we have to uh, strengthen our intelligence so that it overcomes the urges, the pushes of the five senses and the demands that are made by the mind. We have to overcome those things by having a very, very strong intelligence. And how do we, how do we make that intelligence strong? Reading transcendental literature, associating with persons who are more advanced on the spiritual path than we are. And then, and then we can analyze then our day-to-day situations and come to the conclusion that, uh, yep, I, I better not eat this. I better not drink this because this really has got a lot of calories. It's got a lot of salt, sugar, artificial flavorings and colorings. It's not real food. Better that I take the food that has been offered to the Supreme Lord, prepared for and offered to the Supreme Lord. So Krishna is giving Arjuna that instruction also in the Bhagavad Gita a little bit later on. Yagyashishtashina shantu mujante sarvakil bishai bujante te tvagam papa ye pachantyat makaranan that uh, devotees of the Lord are released from all kinds of sins because they eat foods which are offered first in sacrifice. Others who prepare and eat foods only for personal sense gratification, verily eat only papa or sin. So this is, a, throughout the Bhagavad Gita, uh, Krishna is trying to increase the intelligence of his disciple Arjuna. <clears throat> and so at the, at the, toward the end of the, of the speaking of the Bhagavad Gita, uh, Krishna tells Arjuna, all right, now I've instructed you now you make your own decision. And so that's the, that's the position he gives us also. 
We get instruction from the readings that we do. We get instruction from the advanced spiritualists that we're around. And then we have to make our own decision. And that decision-making should come from a very, very strong intelligence. So just as Lord Vishnu, Lord Krishna is telling uh, uh, Narada Muni in this, in this verse that uh, intelligence engaged in my devotion cannot be thwarted at any time. In other words, if you keep your intelligence engaged in, in the service of the Supreme Lord, even at the time of creation, at the time of annihilation, your remembrance will continue by my mercy. So uh, here, here's the, the, the recipe for a successful spiritual life. To keep our intelligence and keep our bodies and our minds always engaged somehow or other in the service of the Lord and try not to be too distracted by all the stuff that's going on around us in the material world. Hare Krishna. I'm going to end now and ask if if anyone would like to comment or have questions. I know it takes a little time to go from the listening state to the asking state. Anything that you have been through or that you are going through now that you can relate to in this, in the text that we've been reading today or in the discussion that we've had. Mr. Bhagwan Prabhu? Do you mind lowering your mask, please, while you speak? At my request. Thank you. So I can hear you. Yes, we all think that we're the doer because when we desire something happens to happen, especially if it's regarding the body, it will happen. We will make it happen. Unless there's something that prohibits us from being able to do so. Just like the, the, I, the paralysis thing. And sometimes people are living in a society in which they don't have the freedoms that we have in this country to do certain things. So what was, what was, what were you going to say beyond that? Anything? All right. Well, I thank you all very much for being with us this morning. Uh, both uh, both those who are here in the in the temple facility and those who are away, we appreciate very much you taking some time to get some philosophy under your belts before you go out and face the day. And we hope that this has been this dis- discourse, this discussion has been somewhat beneficial to you. So we will end now. Banchakalpatarubhyascha kripasindabhyevacha patitanam pavanibhyo vaishnavibhyo namo namah anantakoti vaishnavrinda ki jai. Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Shishivada kalachanjidam ki jai. Gaurapremananda.